Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast for March 19th. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There, you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. In 1916, the first use of air combat by the U.S. was when eight Curtis Jenny planes from the 1st Aero Squadron were used in support for the 7,000 U.S. troops who invaded Mexico to capture Mexican revolutionary Pancho Villa. With a force of more than 1,000 mounted Mexican gunmen, Francisco Pancho Villa on March 9, 1916, raided Columbus, New Mexico and other U.S. settlements on the international border. Sixteen Americans died. U.S. cavalry chased Villa across the border but could not apprehend him. In Washington, Secretary of War Newton D. Baker immediately ordered Brigadier General John Pershing, then stationed in El Paso, to pursue and capture Villa. The Army Signal Corps, 1st Aero Squadron, based at Fort Sam Houston in Texas, and under command of Captain Benjamin Fallot, was was assigned to Pershing's punitive expedition. The squadron had eight old, low-powered Curtis IN-3 Jennies, unsuitable for flying more than 50 miles from base. The captain's unit reached Columbus on March 15th. The next day, the captain and Captain Dodd made a first reconnaissance flight into Mexico. On March 19th, the squadron was ordered to proceed to Casas Grandes, Mexico, 125 miles south of the border. High winds, lack of navigational equipment, poor maps, inadequate maintenance, and mountainous terrain took their toll. Planes were scattered across the area. It took a week to round up all the pilots and the planes. Two planes were destroyed, but their four airmen survived with only minor injuries. The captains both made another flight, this one intended to establish communication with U.S. troops. Over the next three weeks, the squadron was unable to even get a glimpse of Via or his revolutionaries. The pilots couldn't coax the Jennies high enough to reconnoiter the mountain areas where Via's troops were hiding. The dry climate warped the plane's propellers, blowing sand wrought havoc with the engines. By the end of the first month of operations, the squadron found its remaining six aircraft in questionable condition to conduct military operations. In 1918, the U.S. Congress approved Daylight Savings Time. Germany started the use of Daylight Savings Time in 1916, and other countries followed suit. Daylight Savings Time, or British Summertime, is the practice of adjusting clocks forward one hour near the start of spring so that afternoons have more daylight and mornings have less, and adjusting them backwards in the autumn by one hour. It is not used universally worldwide, but is common in Europe and North America. Daylight Savings Time has been used in the United States and many European countries since World War I. At that time, in an effort to conserve fuel needed to produce electric power, Germany and Austria took time by the forelock and began saving daylight at 11 p.m. on April 30th of 1916. By advancing the hands of the clock one hour until the following October, other countries immediately adopted the 1916 action. The plan was not formally adopted in the United States until 1918. An act to preserve daylight and provide standard time for the United States was enacted on March 19th of 1918. It both established standard time zones and set summer daylight savings time to begin on March 31st of 1918. Daylight savings time was observed for seven months in 18 and 19. After the war ended, the law proved so unpopular, mostly because people rose earlier and went to bed earlier than the people do today, it was repealed in 1919 with a congressional override of President Wilson's veto. Daylight savings time became a local option and was continued in a few states, such as Massachusetts and Rhode Island. 
in, in some cities such as New York, Philadelphia, and Chicago. During World War II, President Franklin Roosevelt instituted year-round daylight savings time called wartime from February 9th of 1942 to September 30th of 1945. From 1945 to 1966, there was no federal law regarding daylight savings times, so states and localities were free to choose whether or not to observe daylight savings time and could choose when it began and ended. This understandably caused confusion, especially for broadcasting industry, as well as for railways, airlines, and bus companies. Because of different local customs and laws, radio and TV stations and the transportation companies had to publish new schedules every time a state or a town began or ended daylight savings time. Under legislation enacted in 1986, daylight savings time in the U.S. began at 2 a.m. on the first Sunday of April and ended at 2 a.m. on the last Sunday of October. The Energy Policy Act of 2005 extended daylight savings time in the U.S. beginning in 2007. Though Congress retained the right to revert to the 1986 law should the change prove unpopular or if energy savings are not significant. Going from 2007 forward, daylight savings time in the U.S. begins at 2 a.m. on the second Sunday of March and ends at 2 a.m. on the first Sunday of November. In March of 2001, rolling blackouts were ordered in California, turning out the lights in approximately 500,000 homes, including some in Beverly Hills. Officials at California's independent system operator, which monitors the state's power grid, called the Stage 3 alert at midday because of increased temperatures, a higher power demand, and a lack of electricity from the Northwest. Further complicating the situation was the closure of two power plants. One was offline for maintenance, and the other was shut down due to unpaid bills, the officials said. The day before, the ISO ordered Pacific Gas and Electric and Southern California Edison, two of the state's biggest utility companies, to cut a total of 500 megawatts of energy, enough power for roughly 500,000 homes. ISO spokesperson Stephanie McCorkle said the outages were split between Northern and Southern California. A spokesman for Southern California Edison said the blackout affected Los Angeles area cities of Chino, Beverly Hills, Long Beach, Visalia, Banning, Kern, and Santa Monica. The ISO last ordered rolling blackouts on January 17th and 18th, which affected more than 675,000 businesses and homes in Northern California for more than two hours at a time. Hospitals and airports were exempt from the blackouts. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast for March 19th. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you today to the following websites for the information regarding the topics. ThePeopleHistory.com in pursuit of Pancho Villa at airforcemag.com, daylight savings time at webexhibits.org, and California rolling blackouts at abcnews.go.com. The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana created by Kevin McLeod on incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.